Okay, so I'm down here in Melbourne visiting CJ. Uh, it's been about 12 months since I was here. Still too soon. But it's pretty much the same. Anyway, I'm here. I've got my Qingdao Lager, lovingly brewed with just a touch of uric acid. You usually got to pay extra for that. Well, yeah, true. But what the hell's that in your glass, CJ? Looks like red cordial. It's a lambic ale. You wouldn't like it. Well, I like lamb and I like ale. Yeah, that's exactly how it works. Uh, here, try some. Okay. What, what the fuck is this? <laughs> that's, that's sour. It's made from cherries. But, but I bloody hate cherries. I know. Why would anyone drink this willingly? Well, it's very popular in Belgium. Well, yeah, I don't trust the Flemish. Way too much phlegm for my liking. You wouldn't know a good beer if it bit you on the ass anyway. You haven't given me a good beer and you haven't bit me on the ass. I think it usually comes after dinner. <laughs> and yes, I I've, have given you good beers. I've got a fridge full of good beers. Yeah, they're not going to be good if they're anything like that freaking Lambic. No, they're not all like Lambic. So go on, go and have a look. You can see what a good beer looks like. Well, there's some pretty cans in here. Philistine. There's, um, there's all stout. says Roger Ramjet, Fat Santa, Stubborn. Which one do you want me to try? Uh... Actually, don't try any. I think they're all off. Well, they can't all be off. How about this one? You don't need to try them. It's a bad idea. Go back to your singtail. No, no, no. I'm not a man to shy away from a challenge. Which one should we start with? This one or this one? Shit. I like beer because it is good. I drink beer because I should. If there was a song to sing, I sing it and beer you drink. I drink beer when I am sad. All right, fine. Here, try this IPA. No, no, you keep rabbiting on about stouts. What about this one? No, 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 you wouldn't like that one. No, um, this one? No, no, definitely not that one. That one, no, definitely not. Uh, come on, there's got to be one. This one. No, you wouldn't like, no, you wouldn't like any of those. I like them, you wouldn't like them. Okay, I'm choosing this one. Fuck. All right. What, what does that even say on the can? So this is uh, because I'm uh, because I'm a professional and I like to make sure that the podcast works well. I'll go along with whatever it is that you've decided to choose. Fuck, it's listeners. He's crying. There are tears <laughs> rolling down his cheeks. This is, and not just because I'm trying to going to try and pronounce what the title is. It's a un mas Jesus. Have you had a stroke? What? Yeah, I did before we started recording, but I thought the door was closed. Anyway, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a stout, and for anyone who wondered what language that abomination was supposed to be, it was supposed to be Spanish uh, for, for even more Jesus. For when you haven't had enough Jesus. Exactly, exactly. So the label says, On a pilgrimage for a mortal craft beer, we tripped on these heavenly drops of amazingly overwhelming aromas. And a man selling uh, adverbs and adjectives, apparently. Well, adjective. I don't know what they are. <laughs> what is, what's the descriptive word? No, adverbs are doing words. <laughs> man, we bought it from a man selling adjectives. A thick, fudge-like body, not the man selling adjectives, pitch black colour, and obviously only made in limited amounts. And the taste, even more Jesus. 
what's Jesus got to do with stout? I don't know. It's by a brewer called Evil Twin Brewing who just seemed to have a line of Jesus-related stouts. I'm not sure why. Maybe if you drink them, you can walk on water or something. Well, I don't know. I'm quite good at um, converting beer into water after I drink them, so maybe it's something to do with that. <laughs> I don't think it's water, mate. <laughs> that explains the taste. <laughs> <laughs> So, although I did look up, uh, trying to look up why do they have a Jesus-related uh, a Jesus-related line of beer, which I couldn't find, okay. but I did find an interview with the the owner, who answered the question, "What is the criteria for an evil twin beer?" Was it has to have a weird name? Okay, <laughs> so that's the uh, that's the number one criteria. Okay, so taste no nothing else, nothing to do with the actual taste of the beer or the variety of beer or whatever. Just has to have a weird name. Weird name, yeah, yeah. Preferably related to Jesus. Well, not always, oddly. Okay. No, there's a uh, there's ones called uh, Molotov Heavy, Buddha Bitter, <laughs> ISIS IPA. <laughs> so the other thing you said, which was uh, which I thought was interesting, was I don't care too much about the process, about what yeast, or if I do it the right way. The only thing I care about is the result and what comes out of it. I don't care if I have to do it one way or the other. I know what I like and always make beers to drink myself. It's an interesting way to um, to look at it. Fair enough. But I suppose if you don't care about the process, how do you know what you're going to come up with? Well, it's possibly why they do limited editions. <laughs> well, that was amazing. Can we do that again? No. Nah. No. Nope. <laughs> so it's a beer from, as I said, uh, from Evil Twin Brewing. They're interesting because they're what's known as a um, a gypsy brewing company or what were known as gypsy brewing company. So they actually brew in five breweries around the world. They've got their own brewery right. in uh, in the US, but they actually brew in five breweries around the world. And they prior to that, they were, they were kind of what was called a gypsy brewing company, which means that they didn't have a brewery of their own at all. They just brewed stuff in other people's breweries. Do the people in the breweries know they're doing it? Do they sneak in at night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like the cuckoos of the brewing industry. They just come in, drain the tanks, brew their own, and the rural brewers take care of it, not realizing it's not theirs. Then, when it's ready, they sneak back in months later, can it disappear off into the night? Excellent. So, um, what could you tell me about even more Jesus before I uh, take a taste? Well, it's an imperial stout. It's twelve percent. So, holy crap! Yes, it's quite thick. Um, it should have uh, kind of a bit of a, a bit of an aroma. A bit of an aroma. Can you can you can you elucidate? <laughs> well, it should taste kind of like uh, baker's chocolate, tobacco, molasses, dark brown sugars, bitter bread crust, robust bread caramel glaze, and dried herbs soaked in soy. Which I don't really know what that means, though. Yeah, I don't know about that. No. Yeah, that's weird. Okay, um, shall we crack it open? Or we can, but I thought I'd open the beer first. <sighs> Sounds like a beer can opening. Sure does. All right, I'm only going to give you a little bit. That's nice of you. Is that so I don't have to force it down to be polite? Thanks. Yeah, let's say that's the reason, but um, mainly because I know you won't like it and I've only got one can. Uh, all right. So, so, yeah, so it's quite thick. Pours like you're draining the sump oil from a 1974 ute. Yeah, it really does. It's quite uh, glutinous. Yes. Well, according to the label, it does have the thick fudge-like body. It uh, doesn't have a great deal of carbonation. Um, yeah, you, it's quite thick. You're not looking through it. I'm having a smell of it now, and I've got to say, uh, 
I'm not liking what I'm smelling. Uh, again, that's why I only gave you a tiny bit, because I'm looking forward to drinking the rest of this. Yeah, that's not a pleasant smell at all. Well, actually, that could be me. <laughs> okay, let's see how we go with the actual taste. Ooh. I actually quite like that. Sorry, what? Yeah, it's not what I was expecting at all. That's nice. What? No, don't, don't drink all of it. Uh, can I have some more, please? What? No. Stop whining and give it here. Hey. Child, what am I supposed to be tasting here? You're not supposed to be tasting anything because you've already had some and now you're taking some more, but um, you're supposed to be <laughs> saying it's horrible. What I should be tasting for the rest of the can is molasses, which is, yeah, that's probably right. Dark brown sugars, yeah. Bitter bread crusts. Yeah, I do actually find this one a bit quite bitter. I don't know about, I'm quite sure what a bitter bread crust is, but robust bread caramel glaze. Yeah. Baker's chocolate, sure. <laughs> Why not? Uh, tobacco, yeah, I can see that. Um, dry herd soaked in yeah. soy. I still don't know what that means. I can definitely taste the dark chocolate. I don't know whether I'm imagining it, though, because I, I think I can taste a bit of bread crust. If you think about the bread you buy from... A bit of baker? No, you know, a, a proper, the big proper high top blows you get from a hot bread shop where the top is all crusty and a little burnt. I can taste that. So no wonder the baker's bitter if he's burning his crust. <laughs> Well, it's not refreshing at all, though. I couldn't drink much of it. I'll give it back then. No, 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 no. I just want to drink it like a liqueur. <laughs> oh, Bernard, uh, just another smattering of the evil twin, even more Jesus, please. In a clean glass, obviously. Well, I do quite enjoy it. But if you gave me a pint, I couldn't. <laughs> well, if I gave you a twelve percent, if I gave you a pint, it'd be a night-ending beer for you, no matter what time of the night you had it. Okay. Uh, I'm, those snide remarks about my being a lightweight. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm having it. No, that's probably that would probably relate to most people. Actually, <laughs> okay, fair enough. It's only people. It's only people who built up a tolerance uh, <laughs> and uh, alcoholics like I am. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the brewery. So, the brewery is Evil Twin. It's owned by Jep, whose last name I'm not going to try and pronounce. Uh, he used to be a teacher, in fact. Before he, he can't be a bad person. He went to, well, so there's hope for you yet. Uh, he's got a, um, a twin brother who's named Mikkel, and Mikkel actually owns the McKellar Brewery. Never heard of it. That's because they don't sell it in Aldi, probably. But anyway, McKell <laughs> is quite a popular beer brand that's um, out of Denmark. So which twin's the evil one? If I had to guess, I'd probably go with the one who owns the brewery called Evil Twin. <laughs> but maybe, may, maybe he's being ironic. Okay. I couldn't actually find any. Uh, I couldn't actually find anything about why he was called um, why the brewery is called Evil Twin, aside from the fact that he calls himself the Evil Twin. Uh, but apparently, they haven't spoken since two thousand and ten. I'm not sure if it's it's because he had the shits that uh, Mikkel started a beer company, and then Jep went, "Oh fuck you, I'm going to make a beer as well," or just they're busy and haven't had time to have a chat. Yeah, 14 years, that's a long time not to talk to your brother. True. So I think it's not, not about not, not finding time. Or if they, if they really don't find time, they've got to get their priorities straight. <laughs> well, they aren't dealing with beer, so they're doing the Lord's work. Anyway, <laughs> Evil Queen aren't gypsy brewers anymore. As I said, they've got their own breweries now in Queens and Brooklyn, although they still... Queens and Brooklyn? I thought they'd be somewhere in Europe. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was surprised by that too. Um, I was also surprised that... He's Danish because every like all of his beers are in Spanish. Weird. Yeah. 
Well, anyway, the big thing they do is kind of unusual is if you're walking into an evil twin trap room, trap room, trap room. <laughs> if you're walking into an evil twin trap room, you're not going to walk out. No wonder he's the evil twin. If he has a trap room. <laughs> it's, it's the little... It's the less uh, it's the less frequented part of the uh, of the evil <laughs> They lure you into the tap room and then sort of they sort of put a little beer in this little corner and then suddenly the sort of mouse trap springs. <laughs> so you're probably not walking into yeah, so they they do weird beers. Uh, you're probably not walking into an evil twin tap room asking for a shandy of light. They use biscotti and maple syrup and all sorts of weird shit. Um, they're always good. Okay, well, they probably look at, look, at your, look at you pretty funny if you went for a shandy. They'd look at you pretty funny anywhere if you go for, look, go for a shandy. True, true. <laughs> you go for a shandy of shandy of light with diet lemonade. Thanks, Parky. <laughs> yes. Anything on that can you could use for a Tinder profile? Uh, just, uh... Hi, I'm CJ. <laughs> Amazingly overwhelming aromas and a thick, fudge-like <laughs> body. <laughs> Disturbingly accurate, actually. And the taste, even more Jesus. <laughs> well, how can anyone know that? <laughs> well, you know, having tasted that, I do feel somewhat educated. Um, Good, we don't have to do any more of that. I've heard you banging on about Imperial Stouts for ages, and I didn't even know what you were talking about. Well, that's, you could probably apply that to almost anything that I say. <laughs> Let me take you on a journey through time and look at humanity's greatest ideas. At first, we didn't know how to wear clothes or talk. Then we learned to make tools and weapons. And then we learned to think. Humanity has done some amazing things. And yet still, some people think the aliens did it. Spoiler alert, they didn't. From cave to Colosseum, these were the light bulb moments in human history. Lightbulb Moments in Human History by Scott Edwin Williams is not the history you were taught in school. And it's available now wherever books are sold. So we just drank even more Jesus beer and um, it was really good. But uh, I guess my question is, why did Jesus turn water into wine and not beer? Oh, I love these ones. Uh, I give up. Why did Jesus turn water into wine and not beer? Uh, It wasn't a riddle. No. Well, the question still stands, though. Why didn't Jesus turn water into beer instead of wine? Well, a Jerusalem brewery appears to have answered that question. Go on. Well, they found that uh, biblical beer tasted like shit. Alrighty. <laughs> Recently, the Herzl Brewery in Israel, they actually used an ancient type of wheat to produce 20 litres of uh, beer that might have been made in Jesus' time. Ancient wheat? <laughs> That's what I'm looking for in a beer. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that beer was popular in the ancient world because it was way safer than drinking water. That's because I told you that yesterday. Anyway, beer would have been familiar to Jesus because beer had been brought back to Israel from Egypt. Itai Gutman of the Herzl Brewery says that the vile taste of his ancient beer explains why we don't use Israelite IPA in the communion ceremony. The ancient brew has notes of honey and berries it only has 3% alcohol content. Mm, yeah, I'm looking at a picture of it. It looks a bit like bilge water. Uh, I think, by all accounts, it tastes like bilge water too. It's what I'm looking for in a beer. Yeah, even so, Gutman claims that he and his mates drank most of the beer they brewed. 
<laughs> you probably do quite well at that brewery then. <laughs> In fact, they only have one bottle left, and uh, the Herzl Brewery is not planned to make any more too soon. Well, you, you better jump in quick. <laughs> Yeah, there's no plans for anyone to drink it by the sound of it. Oh, I would have thought a fundamentalist Christian microbreweries would have loved the Jesus beer. Well, Gutman says there's no market for the taste of biblical beer. Isn't that a movie? <laughs> well, did you know that, uh, in fact, Herschel Brewery isn't the only craft brewery to look to history for inspiration? Oh, really? Yeah, there's a uh, one of the be- the best-named breweries ever, Dogfish Head, from the <laughs> U.S., <laughs> Created a range of ancient ales. Uh, apparently, they did it by following instructions that were found in archaeological finds. I don't think that I don't think they did the archaeological finds themselves. Uh, they well, probably Indiana Jones stole, went in and stole them after the uh, <laughs> after they discovered. Anyway, one of the beers was called Midas's Touch, which was inspired by a chemical analysis of a seven hundred year old beer discovered in King Midas's tomb. So, in keeping with uh, in keeping with usual brewery standards, didn't really think about the name of it too much. Where'd it come from? King Midas's tomb. Call it Midas Dutch. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, one sip and your esophagus turns to gold. <laughs> Another one was a, uh, a cacao-based alcohol, similar to what Aztecs served to their sacrificial victims. Yeah, well, it must have had a pretty high alcohol content because there's no way I'd lie down and have my beating heart cut out of my chest without being totally comatose. Yeah, well, if you go to the right kind of places, they'll do that without too much of an extra charge. All you have to do is meet Bill Cosby. (laughs) 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 I wonder if if there was a brewery somewhere... That just by the law of averages, there must have been a craft brewery somewhere where they were having conversations going, let's do this celebrity kind of style beers. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh, the Cosby one's out. <laughs> no worries, we've still got the Savile one. No, we can't put that one out. Rolf Harris, no. The Epstein IPA is good though, isn't it? Let's move on. <laughs> they also created one. Uh, that was based on a traditional Inca drink called chicha. So chicha is made by chewing raw corn and then spitting it into a bucket to ferment it into a powerful booze, which I actually think is the main recipe for oblation. <laughs> I mean, surely a brewery can't have a whole bunch of people chewing corn and spitting it into a bucket so they can make it. <laughs> There must be there must be some kind of industrial chewing going on. <laughs> no, these are independent brewers. They're doing it properly. They're doing it the old way. Yeah, the craft way. <laughs> yeah, it's like with uh, with we were talking before about Moondog, the Ogden Nash Pashrash that had the, the red candies in it, where they had to unwrap them one by one and drop them into the. But bag. they didn't chew them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe some of them. That would explain the inconsistencies. <laughs> okay. Colin Calls the Help Desk is a hilarious and relatable take on the absurdities of office life. Follow Colin the Koala, hold questions, as he dives into his first job and meets Graham, a cynical employee who's just hanging out for redundancy, Bob, his continually disorganised boss, 
and Brenda, who seems to spend most of her time telling everyone how busy she is. So I, I have questions. That's good. Questions are good. One of my questions is, okay, you've said the main character is Colin the Koala. So is the Koala a nickname, like Nicky the Llama or Oblong Doug? <laughs> nope. Colin the Koala is 100% Koala. But aren't koalas generally naked, drunk, and spend all their time sleeping or catching chlamydia? No, you're thinking of Brian from accounting. <laughs> uh, did you go to university to become a writer? No, I didn't. I don't have any formal koalifications. <laughs> you see what I did there? <laughs> it's Colin the Koala. Formal, no formal writing qualifications. That's the kind of high-level, highbrow humour <laughs> that you'll find in Colin Call's Actually, that's it. seriously, it's uh, it is better than that. So, if you been... <laughs> available on Amazon in all the backs, hardback, like anybody's buying a hardback except for me, uh, <laughs> paperback and Razorback. <laughs> yes, it's uh, the disadvantage to the Razorback version is that when you. <laughs> When it arrives, it charges through your lounge room at about uh, 25 kilometres an hour and uh, gores you to death before you get to read it. So it's, not, it's not one of the best-selling versions, I'll have to say. But, uh, yes, all versions available on the Amazon. I'd love to hear your reviews. But it's always important to remember... Leave a five-oink review. <laughs> I'm writing this review for my hospital bed. I enjoyed Colin Calls the Help Desk. I slightly regret the rates of condition. <laughs> Once my groin heals, <laughs> I'll be forward to book two. In, in paperback. <laughs> 4.5 stars. <laughs> it lost 0.5 of a star because delivery was late. But when it came, it really came. <laughs> Colin Calls the Help Desk. <laughs> Available on Amazon. Anyway, let's taste another beer. No, I don't think we should. But even more Jesus was good, though. Yeah, I don't, ha I don't think I've got any more beer. But there's heaps in here. It's, it's not mine. Hey, isn't this one you kept on going on about once we're into the fray? No! Oh, calm down, calm down. I mean, what? No, I've never heard of it. Now, you're confusing me with something else. I lied, it's not that good. I don't even like it. But you're wearing a once more into the fray t-shirt. It's a different once more into the fray. Um, pick, pick something else. Hey, look, there's, there's that Heineken that you brought with you. No, no, let's do once more into the fray. You should be happy I want to try it. You said dudes were a great brewer. No, they're overrated. Actually, I don't, I don't have any more glasses. There you do, look. You've even got a deeds glass. It's not mine. Somebody put it in my bag. No, they didn't. You told me you bought it from the brewery. Stop whining and tell me about the beer. I don't like this idea at all. Anyway, this is... <laughs> once more into the fray uh, is a beer from Deeds Brewing which is a Melbourne brewery in a suburb called Glenaris. For anybody listening, it's over that way. For, for those people who can't see what CJ is doing, he's pointing out the window in a direction <laughs> even I don't know where he's pointing. I think if our listeners couldn't have worked out that that's what was going on, <laughs> although the fact that they're our listeners is possibly an indication they might have heard. Let's not insult our listeners. We don't have that many of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not insulting all of them. I'm only insulting one of them. You know who you are. <laughs> um, it's from 
Deeds Brewing, which is in Glen Iris. Yeah, it's handily and also disturbingly about 15 minutes away from where I work. Uh, so Deeds was established in 2015 by two engineering students, David Milstein and Patrick Ale. What's the word for a person whose name is the same as their job? Nominalization or something? Sure, why not? <laughs> so Milstein and Patrick Ale. This is a missed opportunity. I'm surprised it wasn't called Stein Ale Brewing. Yeah. Actually, no, I can yeah. understand why it probably wasn't. Well, their friend Bobby Hops and... <laughs> So, Mr. Yeast, you've applied for a job here at Deeds. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, um, it's, there's like an umlaut over the E in ale, so I don't know, it might be Ole or something. Yeah, anyway, they, so they were, uh, they were doing home brewing stuff and eventually went, fuck this home brewing stuff, let's start our own brewery. Artist impression may not represent actual events. <laughs> <laughs> they were... Uh, the first beer that they ever brewed in Glen Iris was in February 2019, which is surprising that it's much more recently than I expected it to be. Yeah, it's not that long ago. No. So what they were doing, sorry, they were doing uh, doing stuff. Let's taste it. Yeah, I need, to get, I need to tell you this really long, really, really long story. That Let's taste it. Probably. It's... <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm trying to, like, I'm helping you because you won't like it because it's just, it's not good at all. It's, um, they started brewing in 2015 and they were doing gypsy brewing and stuff, which we've talked about before. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's all right, but, you know, I'll, I'll just put it back in the fridge and, um. No, 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 I want to taste it. <laughs> you have been going on about this beer ever since you've gotten into craft beers. So, like, your favourite beer of all time, you just can't stop talking about it. And now you just want to keep it for yourself. You greedy bastard. Mm, yeah, what's your point? <laughs> I'm not sure if your point. Come on, get on with it. Sorry. Stop whining and open the can. I can't find the can opener. Get on with it. <laughs> All right. I wonder what it will sound like when I open the can. Sound of a grown man crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it sounded like a can opening. That's amazing. He's even licking the moisture off his fingers from the opening of the can. This guy's desperate. I'm just checking whether it's any good or not. It's not good. You won't like it. I think it's off. Pour it. That's a relief. You can pour the beer now. That's quite thick. Yes. So it's a bourbon barrel aged stout, which means it's an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels. Just in case anybody's struggling to work out what bourbon barrel aged stout means, you idiot. (laughs) And why do they do that? Good question. Because beer absorbs the flavour out of the bourbon barrels. So it absorbs like the bourbon flavour and the wood flavour. And it also bumps up the alcohol content by about 3 or 4%. And what should I be looking for? Another beer to drink. (laughs) The taste. What what, what am I looking for in the taste, CJ? Notes of this, uh, you know, the floral tones, the the smell of an angel's fart. What what else is there? (laughs) 
Should be uh, should be looking for uh, notes of henbane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, yeah, it's horrible. It's like you That's won't. That's a deep you won't cut. Like it at all. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not going to like it at all. I think it's probably best if uh, looked at. I don't think you. I, I don't think you should even taste it because you're not going to like it. <clears throat> I'll get you something else. No. No. All right. Well, it should be chocolate notes backed by vanilla, coconut, whiskey, and oak. Let's have a smell. Hmm. Not sure I'm picking up the vanilla. Maybe I am. <laughs> you need a to buy little, another drink. A little bit of vanilla. Another smell. Uh, the bourbon comes through, comes through really well. I can definitely smell that. And um, yeah, I think I can smell the oak, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I'm not, not really someone who smells a lot of oak in my normal daily life. <laughs> uh, the chocolate comes through really quite well, though. When I when we first met, you were known as Scott the Oak Smeller. <laughs> I almost adopted it as my last name. <laughs> okay, let's taste this sucker. Don't like it. 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 Oh, well, that's good. This is by far the worst idea I've ever had. So Deeds Brewing, which were originally called Quiet Deeds, and I want to say that when they first started out, they were just like a run-of-the-mill brewery doing kind of basic, ordinary stuff. And then at some point they went, ah, fuck it, let's do barrel age and other shit. And that was when it really took off. Okay, so they weren't called Dirty Deeds. (laughs) No, because as we'll discover... uh, they aren't cheap. Okay. The only thing is with the DC, I don't know if it's like a Mandela effect. Uh, which we, we did talk about the Mandela effect in an episode of What's My Age Again. Yes, we did. So it could be a Mandela effect or it could just be that I drink too much. But when I kind of look at Deeds <laughs> history, it doesn't really say that, yeah, like, oh, yeah, we were a really ordinary beer company and then we started doing barrel aid stuff and things took off. So maybe I'm just making it up. Uh, good to see your commitment to research has not changed since we started podcasting. It's just exactly the same as it always was. Consistency is important. Uh, so can I drink some more now, please? No, no, uh-huh. I'm trying to distract you on the hopes you're going to forget about it. Uh, once more into the fray was, no in fact, the in July released in July 2020. It was the first of the Deeds Barrel Aged Program. Well, they have a program. Oh, this is this is. <laughs> It's like a moonshot, is it? <laughs> you can't tell the players without a program. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they started the Barrel Age program in uh, and released it in July 2020, which is about a yearish, I think, after they opened their brewery in um, Glen Iris. It was also the first in a series of four that uh, right. included. So this was the just the Bourbon Barrel Age stout, which, in doing some actual research, by say actual research. Googling deeds barrels for once more into the fray. You went a real deep dive there. <laughs> for me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so once more into the fray uh, was the first in a series of four that included uh, to build a fire, which was an imperial bourbon barrel aged imperial stout that contained also hazelnut and cacao. Desperate invocation. So, so basically, Nutella. Yeah, you should probably, maybe that's why I didn't like it. Because I wasn't really a fan <laughs> of, of the other ones in the series. Desperate okay. Invocation, which was vanilla and toasted coconut, which surprised me because I thought I would have liked that. Because of vanilla, yeah, coconut, not a, not a coconut fan, so I mm. wouldn't like that. Uh, and then Infernal Agreement. 
<laughs> which had habanero, cacao, cinnamon, and vanilla. Yeah, I could probably get on board with that. It, it wasn't bad. The um, the habanero wasn't kind of um, like burning your mouth or anything, but you were aware that it was there. Okay. The entire series of four, they were all over 14% wow. alcohol. If you're a smart shopper, you can pick up a four-pack of those direct from Deeds for somewhere around the $120, $125. Thank you. Jesus Christ. I'm going to have another sip. That might be like a $15 sip by the sound of it. Before you do, let me tell you some more about Deeds. No, that, that sounds so desperate, CJ. Oh, my God. What's that over there? <laughs> uh, they also do a wide range of what kind of what I call normal beer, um, like IPAs and lagers and pilsners and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, and they do some other interesting but I'm more interested in the barrel aged things. Um, and with the exception of, which we talked about in the final episode, I think, of What's My Age Again, the Touch on Grapefruit IPA, uh, which, yes. which I drank or rather didn't drink in the that episode, uh, they're all pretty good. Okay, fair enough. So um, the, the perennial question, is there anything for a Tinder profile on that can? Well... There is. Once we're into the fray, a beer to be reckoned with, both in its boldness and its nuance, an intense journey akin to walking into a blizzard and facing the element. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, I love how these guys just go over the top with these cans. They, every, they all do the same thing. Is it, is it an ongoing joke that they do this, or is it, are they serious? No, I think um, it's like there's somebody's in the band who has a partner who can't really play an instrument or sing properly but wants to join. So Yoko. And, yeah. Um, okay. And, but even, even all all the not just not just deeds, it's all the other ones. They seem to have this sort of yeah, like over the top kind of descriptions that make it sound like I don't know that they're the beer is being handed down from Mount Olympus or something. There's quite a long blog post with the, from the first release of Once We're Into the Fray in 2020 that gets a little bit over the uh, well when I say and when I say a little bit, quite a lot over the top. Okay. Uh, so Tinder profile, uh, hi, I'm CJ, someone to be reckoned with both in boldness and nuance, an intense journey <laughs> akin to walking into a blizzard and facing the elements. <laughs> okay. So it's been, uh, it's been kicking on since, uh, as I said, the first one was in 2020, it comes out every year. When did this one come out? This was brewed in... What are you doing? For listeners, CJ is holding the can in front of him. It looks like he's trying to limbo under it. I'm trying to read the, the date it was brewed on the bottom of the can. Why don't you just turn it upside down? Duh, because I don't want to spill any and waste it. But the can's empty. There's still a few drops. Don't try and drip them on your tongue. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, so this was packaged either on the 26th of the 9th or the, the 19th of the 26th. 20th. <laughs> well, yeah, it can't be 26th of the 19th. I oh, know, I'm not stupid. They're Australian, so they're using Australian dates, not American. What? Anyway, the reason I'm not wasting any is because this was $36 for one can. 36 bucks? That's crazy. Yeah, I know. That's why I only bought one can that I was planning to drink after you've gone home. Isn't that why I paid $36 for one can of beer? I know, and this is why you shouldn't drink any more of it. It's the same reason I won't fly business class. Do they give you this on a business class flight? What? No. I feel like I'm reading a different script to the one you're using. <laughs> Imagine if this was scripted. Ah, ah, ah. yes, scripted. Ha, ha. <laughs> At least we've got the excuse of it's mostly bad because we're making it up on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Just back a bit. What was that business class thing you were talking about earlier? Oh, right. So if, like, I don't want to fly business class because if I did, it would be too hard to go back to cattle class. 
So are you trying to say I shouldn't drink once more into the fray because I'll develop expensive taste that I won't be able to afford? If you want to draw that conclusion, sure. But I no. should probably not drink anymore. No, to use your analogy, I'm perfectly happy to drink business class beer sometimes and then go back to drinking cattle class beer most of the time. I'm okay with that because that's the kind of guy I am. Nobody likes a smart ass. You were going to tell me about the untapped rating, I think. So the current rating on untapped for the 2023 version, 4.47. Okay. The, it, to talk about consistency, uh, like my research, <laughs> the 2022 version, 4.42. 2021 version, 4.5. 2020 version, 4.42. Degree of difficulty, 9.5. <laughs> Yeah, pretty well, and that's uh, and that's like the like getting up into the like five hundred ratings and more. Yeah, okay. Roughly. Compare that to my seaweed beer from the other podcast, which is a rating of three point three, and that uh, tells you something. Yeah, but yeah, so there's lots of mental people out there who are rating <laughs> seaweed beer three point three. They could be rating this. Uh, there were a couple of people who didn't like it. There was one person who said. Uh, I'm not complaining, but I didn't like it, which I think is the definition of complaining. <laughs> uh, but the, one, of, one of the things I did find interesting was for the 2021 version, uh, one of the first ratings was it was good. It was worth the $35 a can. So oh. in like two and a bit years, the price has only gone up by dollar. Okay, so it's below the inflation rate. Yeah, it's just pretty impressive. Okay. It just makes me want to go out and buy some more. Okay, so after trying all these uh, actually very nice beers, except for that bloody horrible Lambic Ale, um, I can see what you've been going on about. Like I... I must admit, over the past year when we were doing the podcast, I've listened to you talk about these beers and I've gone, why can't you just drink bloody Qingdao and Aldi beer like everybody else? I'm going to get everybody else, but carry on. <laughs> but no, no, you have to you know, drink these beers. Now, I have to say, to to appreciate the kind of beer that we're talking about here, it's, it's a totally different mindset. It's not the same. Like I, I just drink beer to guzzle or to I think I've said in the previous podcast I drink it like like soft drink I don't drink it like it's um, anything like I'm not drinking it to appreciate it. I'm drinking it just to to quench my thirst and get a bit of a buzz I guess That's but, it. Just um, stop the voices yeah just exactly to quiet the voices in my head <laughs> but um, but this is different this is actually it's almost like wine tasting really it's quite unusual don't mm. I mean, well, last year when I came at the start of the year to your place, still not long enough ago, you were trying to initiate me in the ways of this arcane sort of beer tasting <laughs> ritual, and I didn't get it. And I was quite surprised when you were pouring these tiny little beers, and I'm thinking, well, why are we doing this? Uh, <laughs> well, that was uh, as well, even back then, I was trying to not give you any because I wanted to keep it for myself. <laughs> that was just selfish. That wasn't it. There wasn't anything else behind that. I didn't understand at the time. Now, now I know that how selfish you are. 
but yeah, it, it is about it's about changing your mindset. It's obviously you would not drink uh, uh, once more into the fray like you drink Stella Artois or um, any other sort of mass market beer. Uh, and I get that now. But I also there's there's a time for each. I, I do still think there's a time for drinking Qingdao, even though. You know, you probably don't agree, but I mean, every so often you, you want to taste of your own in your beer. <laughs> well, you can just pee in your own beer. <laughs> I strongly doubt that there's any urine in any of the beers we've had tonight. Not tonight. It wouldn't surprise me if there's like, if there's a craft beer containing urine. <laughs> but that they would actually say that. They'd say yeah. that on the can. Yeah. Now with more yeah. urine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a bit, I suppose it's a bit like um, uh, like you go for like a burger. You can go to Macca's and get a burger, but it tastes all right. Or you can go to like the place we went today, Easy's in Melbourne in Collingwood. I think it's Collingwood. I can never work out. Or Fitzroy or one of those. I don't know. Anyway, um, uh, with the trams on the, the roof. Which, yeah, that was kind of cool, yeah. Yeah, and to, like for my money is the best cheeseburger in, uh, in Melbourne. Shout out to Easy's. Yeah, so it's kind of you can appreciate both. Um, you kind of look at them differently, I think. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Now, what I on a total side note, I just wonder when we're going to be recognised <laughs> as the influencers we are. And people start giving us free cheeseburgers and and free thirty five dollar cans of beer just so we can be, you know, up there with the people who get all this other free <laughs> shit. I think we're past due, particularly from Deeds Brewing, to be honest. Deeds Brewing, if you're out there, we've said we've said enough nice things about you. Well, not necessarily, because all they they would have heard so far is me giving a massive caning to touch on. Deeds Brewing, I take it all back. <laughs> when they hear this, though. Well, yes, that's true. Hmm. I got actually, I got to go into the office tomorrow, so maybe I'll do a side trip. And... What before work? I was going to say instead, but probably not. But <laughs> <laughs> then again, maybe you could just. Set up remote, work remotely from Deeds Brewing. Let's pretend that that's not happened. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I think uh, this was a worthwhile exercise in educating Scott. Sometimes you just have to take one for the team, CJ. Do I taste any more of my special beers? The answer is no. What I want to do and what I'm prepared to, to put you through are two different things. Uh, I was very glad that you didn't stumble across one of the bo- bottles that's hidden at the back called Orville. Like awful, awful, right? Or is a bloody, is a bloody awful? <laughs> no, it's a. I think it's Belgian, and apparently it's yep. it's one of the monastery ones, and it's apparently one of the best beers in the world. And somebody put me onto it and said, "You've got to try this." And I kind of went, oh, "Yeah, whatever." Uh, but when I was reading up about Jep, <laughs> the owner of Evil Twin, in an interview, they said, yes. "If you could only have one beer that wasn't your own, what would it be?" And he said, "Awful." So I'll... Uh, so have you actually had any of them or are you just sitting there that, that unopened? No, I've only got one because it was even more expensive than once more into the fray. Right. It was, yeah, stupid money. Uh, and they're really hard to get. So it's one of those ones of, well, I've got it but and I'm looking forward to having it, but then if I have it, I won't have it anymore. This <laughs> is welcome to my life. This is this is the Scrooge McDuck argument. <laughs> yeah. We'll save that for a uh, for a future episode. When you're not here. Special event. CJ opens the awful. Yeah. <laughs> Must see TV. <laughs> well, sign off from Melbourne. Well, I'll sign off from Melbourne. I'm going back to Sydney, but you can you sign off from Melbourne every other time. But I'll sign off from Melbourne. So um, say goodnight, CJ. Goodnight, CJ.
Are you going now? Like, are you going now? Are you not going to drink any more beer? No, I'll just stop in the podcast. Right. I'll okay. keep drinking. No. Okay. Got some Heineken still. Floral tones, the the smell of a angel's fart, fart, fart.